From the Transverse Network, this is The Transgender Show, an interview program about gender discovery and self-acceptance. I'm your host, Emily. This week on the show is Jen Giggles, poet, tabletop game master, co-host of the podcast We Happen to be Trans, and Transverse HR Director. Hi. Hi, Jen. Thank you so much for coming. I hope you're having a great night. I am, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. First off, just to get the thing started, for the record, how do you identify? I am a bisexual transgender woman. I use she, her pronouns, and yeah, I think that that sums it up. Okay. Short and sweet. Love it. Let's go. <laughs> um, <laughs> then jumping right into your story, how did you choose your name? So my wife is, uh, Mrs. Giggles, is a massive Supernatural fan. So the show Supernatural. Okay. Um, and one, her favorite actor on the show is Jared Padalecki. Um, I was looking for very specific criteria regarding my name. It turns out that Jared's wife's name is Jen, or Genevieve. Okay. And I'm like, that's it. I stole it, ran with it, and away I went. <laughs> Easy peasy. Uh, did you have a trial period on that one, or you just knew once you found it that that was the one you wanted? I, once I found it, it's what I wanted. I'm like, that. that's everything I want. Oh, wonderful. And did your wife take to it pretty well? Yeah, she did. She <laughs> She picked it up pretty quickly. As did uh, my best two of my best friends here um, in real life. So, hmm. so when did you first realize that you were different? When did you realize that you were trans? And what were those early clues? I was twelve when I first realized I was different. Um, I failed to come out at fourteen to my mother. Um, things weren't great. Um, in in the way I attempted it, but I didn't have the language we do now that that is very available. Um, and so I wound up in the closet for like another twenty years. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. Um, early signs. I never wanted to be. Um, I never wanted to be He Man. I always wanted to play Shira. <laughs> I grew up when when Shira was on air the first time. <laughs> Other things were, I, I remember, um, I was like two-ish years old, somewhere around there. I stood up and pulled a uh, pillowcase up uh -huh. to my armpits mm -hmm. and stood in it. And I told my mom, I'm Smurfette. Okay. Huh. <laughs> so, yeah, the one female Smurf. That's who I identified with. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, yeah, um, lots of little things over the years, like... Uh, kind of asking female friends to dress me up in drag for the annual drag show that goes on in Duluth, Minnesota at the university where I went. Oh, okay. That so this is in college. Um, okay. Yeah. Little things that, you know, looking back now, it's kind of like, yeah, no, that, that was me still being in the closet and, and trying to out, out myself in some way. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, in 2018, um, I told my wife, um, told Mrs. Giggles that I uh, was not cis. Um, hmm. I had come out as bisexual a few years before, so mm -hmm. it wasn't like my first attempt at coming out to her. Uh, right. 
And she goes, okay, what does that mean? And I said, I don't know right now. Um, I tried on the label by gender for a while. Okay. Um, it, that was not me. Um, it didn't fit in the long term. Um, totally valid. Yeah. Try some things out and yeah. see what, see what feels right. Cause it's all foreign. Yeah. So yeah. 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 So that was, no, I'm sorry. That was 2017 when I told Chris August of 2017, August is a pretty big month for me in that situation. Cause I, on, in August of 2018, I took my first pill. Oh, wow. um, yeah. So it took about a year for me to solidify. Um, but I had a, I knew I couldn't continue by March of 2018. That was I. I went through its mental health month, um, mental health awareness month. So I had a very bad situation happen. Um, and I've talked about it in my posts. So if you go back to the my March posts, um, I mention it in one of those on Instagram. Um, so you can have a content warning before you go read it and prepare yourselves. Mm. And, um, then I hunted for a therapist and got myself mostly straightened out <laughs> uh, <laughs> and started hormones in most, mostly straightened yeah. out. Yeah. And not uh, in the tradi traditional straight August. Kind of term. <laughs> nah. There's nothing straight here. <laughs> Um, and started hormones in, in 2018. Um, I came out to my parents in March, right before I started, or in the, uh, August of 2018. And that was, you know, the day before I did my, um, hormones, took my first pill. I gave them a video call and told them. Okay. Hmm. And how did that go? We saw my parents a few days later in person, and my mom made this whole thing about how she was a failing, failed as a parent. Okay. Yeah. And how <laughs> she, you know, so it was, it was not about me or my happiness. It was about her, and that was the situation we wound up in. Yeah, so. not at all unique. <laughs> no, it's pretty common, pretty common thread that a lot of people see. So, um, so how was it that you came to grips with your, with, with your identity of being trans, um, when, once you finally figured out that, what, what that was, when you were going through this whole process, was it, was it really tumultuous for you and stressful, or was it just kind of coming to realization and, and coming into yourself and feeling good about yourself finally? It was a little bit of both. Um, so I started wearing skirts and blouses in the house in the evenings after the kids went to bed um when i started identifying as bi gender mm -hmm. um i went by they them for a little while during that period um and you know came out to chris came out to my sweetie um and kind of explored things from there and and my my sweetie major major help and and loving support from her during the time period so mm -hmm. it was great it was very nice to have her her support with me yeah that that makes all the difference right um yeah. so she essentially was was there was was brought along uh, the entire time did did she did you receive any pushback from her were, were there ever any troubles for you with 
with her and accepting your identity? Yeah, so so with Mrs. Giggles, I had some I had some issues um at times. Um we still struggle occasionally um and it's just normal marriage struggles for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um but it, it it's there there's situations where the two of us have struggled um and my sweetie and I um are pretty much over because of that as well. Um it she wanted to get to know the new me rather than just continue as we had. Okay. Um so that was a bit that's a bit harder on uh, you know on the relationship there. Um whereas Mrs. Giggles and I we've done a lot. Um we we, we didn't start over. Mm. Um we just had to keep going. We have two kids and it's not much more we can do with that. So Okay. You know there there's a connection that we will never not have. Um and so you know, Mrs. Giggles and I just kept going. Um, but my sweetie and I, we put, you know, breaks on our relationship for a time on her on her request. And consent is important. So we we still tried to see each other and, and try and be, you know, doing stuff. But parts of the relationship ended and then the pandemic happened. And <laughs> so were you in a, a poly relationship then? Is that how you yeah. identify it? Yeah. We're still poly. Um, I still have two individuals that I frequently that I that I do you know remote fun stuff with beyond beyond um, you know my wife. So mm-hmm. when you started to identify and develop your identity, did you have a particular role model or confidant that you could turn to? I didn't. I <clears throat> I have um I did the first few steps alone. Hmm. Um there there's some great support work networks here in the uh, in Minnesota. Um there's there's some wonderful group group programs and and trans support groups. Um due to my life at the time, I couldn't go. Hmm. Between my kids being in scouts and me being a scout leader and everything, it's um, it was a lot. I I did a lot. I did almost everything alone. So Mrs. Giggles was my was my confidant. Mm-hmm. So um, we heard how your family went. Um, were you were you working at the time when you came out? I was. Mm-hmm. Um, and how did that I, go? And at how the time, was I was working. There? At the time, I was working for Wells Fargo. Okay. Um, Wells Fargo is amazing it, for coming out in, like okay. no ha- hands down, amazing, top notch. Their sur- their their insurance coverage is some of the best in the country. For trans people, it is. Um, and they have a they have a team that's that's a gender transition team that will travel out to any location in the country and train your coworkers while you take a couple days off on how to treat you when you come back. And wow, although there were some issues and some struggles and and people misgendering and dead naming me, those are pretty normal and they were very rare. 
Mm-hmm. And the people apologized right away when they did it. Um, and I was in a weird position because normally it'd be like a team of like 10 people, maybe 15 that you'd have to come out to. My position at the time, I was in indirect contact with over 500 people on a weekly basis. And so me disappearing would have thrown out with, without any kind of, you know, n- announcement or anything would have been weird. Like, who's this new person? Mm. There was no, there was no Jen's leaving. It was suddenly somebody news in and they have the same email address. What's going on? Mm. So um, my main team, the, the team of people I worked with on a daily basis and sat next to, they had the specific training, like an hour long training. I understand. Um, answering questions, that kind of thing. And then everyone else got the got an email from, nice from the email. executive vice president of the division down. Mm. Yeah. Nice. I was interacting with a lot of people. That's so wonderful. Mm. It sounds like it was just, you know, nice and easy. And then you had a good level of acceptance after that, I'm assuming? It was great. Yeah, I did. Um, I was out to like four people at, at the in there they, um, that were there for um at the start um so when when it happened um i was out to a few people and they made it a lot easier because they had already been aware and accepted and knew this was coming so when people were like well what's going on they go to ask my two best friends at work they're already like yeah she's great she's been we've known about this she's fine Things are, ha- you know, things are good. I was, you know, I was told that some people had asked some questions to find out, kind of, you know, see what was happening, that kind of thing. So <laughs> your moles on the inside. I love it. <laughs> I, I know it's great. <laughs> um, so who was the hardest person uh, or group for you to come out to? Um, the hardest is, was actually my grandmother. Um, I didn't come out to her. My parents told her for me. Okay. This was before I, I um, stopped talking to my mom. Um, they, they came out to her for me before I went public in March of 2019. And yeah, that, that was, she was the hardest. Um, you know, I mean, she just turned 90 mm-hmm. this year. So she's in her 80s and I don't want to, you know, I, I'm like, but it's a, how bad of a shock is this going to be grandma (laughs) but my mom was really the one i was afraid of because as i said i failed to come out to her at like 14 and it didn't go well then Mm -hmm. didn't go well this time either so (laughs) and then in your local community what's the reception been like there fine as a general rule Mm -hmm. um most of that one of the things about living in a giant metro is my friends aren't my neighbors oh uh-huh. you know um my you know my my best friends um live in other cities around the area so you know um things have been things were good amongst my friends things were just fine um i've got i've got um such great support network here Amongst my friends, people from before that were just perfectly fine, made made the change, and went with it. No worries. Okay. Um, 
I don't always feel safe in my neighborhood, but that's, you know, when you have people that fly Trump flags and have Trump signs in their yard for over a year before the election. Not exactly the, does that doesn't make me feel the safest sometimes. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned community, you know, a lot of good trans communities close to you. And then, you know, you, you got the good support at work. Um, but what was your first experience in trying to find community? Was it pretty easy for you or did, or did you have some stumbles at first in finding someone, a group to belong to? I stumbled. It was hard. Um, I wound up on, on uh, Tumblr because there was nothing else. I, I mean, Reddit's a shit show half the time. Pardon my language. Um, Reddit's Reddit's not great um, because the comments are just, you know. Um, but I saw pictures on on you know on Reddit and stuff. But I found my way to to Tumblr, um, and on Tumblr, I connected into a couple of people. But I'm I'm very withheld, withdrawn on social media at first. I don't share a lot. And so I, um, I just wound up following a couple people mm -hmm. um, and trying to read and learn and stuff and, and figure out what was going on. Um, and so I wound up following Maiden Ariana. Okay. So Ari, um, but when she left Tumblr with all of her trans stuff, because, you know, Tumblr decided to shut down anything related to transition. Uh, because it was all porn related apparently um okay and and that didn't that didn't actually happen and didn't stay but that was what was the big thing in in um early 2019 okay um with Perception. the fosta sesta stuff that was going on um ari posted that she had an instagram account and that there was a great trans community there and so i wound up going to Instagram, and that's where I found found community, um, and got to know people and stuff. And so late, so twenty eighteen um, was was when I started that. Um, so in twenty eighteen was was where I was. Um, I did find a great bi gender community that that was wonderful people, and they were helpful and chatty and talkative. And amazing. Um, and it, I think it was called bygender.net. Okay. Bygender.com. And that was a wonderful place. Um, mm. But it wasn't the place for me in the end because I wasn't bygender. Um, so yeah. that for, I left that forum group and, and wound up coming to Instagram um, where I made friends and great relationships with people that have been long lasting and solid. Um, Alexis is probably the best example. Her and I have been fast friends since, you know, we, we first did a live together. Um, we were just chatting at first. I, I was doing lives at the time um, with random people. And I convinced her to come on and tell her story. Hmm. And so she quickly then became my, uh, my trans sister and... We joined, we, we shared a hotel room in Philly in 2019, and 
I've been out to visit her. Um, I went out in October of 2020. Um, most people weren't aware that I made the trip. I just stopped posting on Instagram for a week. <laughs> and so I, I made the trip. Um, you know, uh, another friend of mine um, lives out there. And so I went out. We spent some time in California, saw Victoria and Mika, and um, came back into Phoenix. And spent I spent a couple days with with Alexis. We went out to the Grand Canyon, hung out in a pool all day once. It was that was a great vacation. I need to do that again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It sounds like something that that all of us need to do. Gosh, that sounds great. Of course, I'm out here in California, so like some of it's not the the most exciting for me, but. <laughs> Still love going. Yeah, to I mean, I kept the secret. Anything. I did not want to, um, like, ha you know, tell people, and then everybody wants to meet up with me. I think I told um, Abraka Danielle. Mm -hmm. I was in Phoenix. She knew, and um, I knew some people. You know, some closer friends that I have from a Discord I'm in that are out in California. Um, we didn't get to meet up because. COVID rates were spiking mm -hmm. when we drove into San Diego and it's like, no, no, we'll, we'll all just keep ourselves separate just for safety. Um, and then weirdly enough in LA, um, one, when we were at an event, we were doing something in LA and I spotted in the event, um, all new alley. Oh, okay. Um, and I think she was with, um, Jessica love, um, uh, T T G, I think is her handle. She's one of the um. She um, Jessica's a drag slash bi gender performer. I think. Mm, okay. Trying to remember, but I spotted the two of them, and I just didn't. Yeah, I hate saying hi to people. I I'm not. I'm not as extroverted as everyone thinks I am. I just <laughs> like talking. <laughs> So he didn't talk there, but I messaged Allie a few days later and she's like, wait, you were there when Victoria was singing? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> that's that, that's so funny. So it was a I lot of fun. Like the fact that, you know, we we talk to a lot, talk about a lot of people in terms of their Instagram handle, because that's, you know, with the community. That's connection. how people know people from Instagram. So, um. We get into a, a very ethereal question here. What does transition look like for you? What it, what is it you know um, for you? How do you kind of define it for yourself? I def I, I I think transition is the actions we take to get rid of to increase euphoria or decrease dysphoria. I'm a firm believer that you don't need dysphoria to be trans. Mm -hmm. um, I think that transition is our efforts to increase our euphoria about ourselves or decrease dysphoria about ourselves slash how the world perceives us um, on both of those. Mm -hmm. How far are you along in your process? I'm almost done, I guess. Um, I, I still have a couple surgeries I'd like to do. Mm -hmm. um, I've had a couple. I'm looking to do two more. And my my desires for surgeries have changed. 
over the years. I've gone from want not wanting certain ones to being, yeah, no, I'm going to have that one. And mm-hmm. others being like, hey, your mileage may vary. What do you need in the end? Yeah. So, yeah, I, that's where I'm at. Nice. Yeah, that that, that ties perfectly in, into the, one of the questions I had coming up, which was, you know, what, how do your goals shift? So that's perfect. I think, you know, it's yeah. it's common. And I think it's perfectly healthy and, and right for you to decide that you want things now or that certain sur- surgeries or, or things in the plan no longer fit into something that you need, again, to yeah. deal with that dysphoria or to bring you the euphoria. I love that. Yep. Um, what were some of the key fears that you've had during your transition then? Losing everything. Mm-hmm. I mean... When you, when you think back, um, what was transition in the 90s when I first started trying to figure it out? It was a joke on Jerry Springer or lose everything. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm not. You know, that That's not what I wanted. That's not what I was, you know, I mean. And so those were fears I carried with me. Yeah. Until, you know, until this point um, where I couldn't. Where I couldn't not transition. I got to the point where I had to. Um, and that that's sadly a bit too common for most of us, I think. But, yeah, that was that was my biggest fear. Um, I, still, I still fear losing things, losing people in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's one of those things that will happen. But it doesn't mean the fear's not there, especially, you know, as I grew as a person, learning and uh, stuff, yeah, what I need in relationships, what I want from people around me, I've learned how to, you know, uh, yeah, it's different. When you start accepting what you want, you start learning what you really need and want out of relationships. And I think that's important. That's a wonderful outcome to come from transitioning that knowledge and that understanding that that really must help. Yeah, it it helps you look at relationships in a different way. It helps you look at everything in your life in a different way and just kind of like take that breath of no, those those things aren't a need. Maybe they were a want. Maybe they were a a social pressure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, coming out as bi was hard and that allowed me Coming out as bi is why I was able to come out as trans. Um, accepting one part of myself, like three, four years earlier, allowed me to accept another part of myself and understand where I was and stop hiding. Mm. You know, and and I tried for the compromise, as I said, tried coming out as bi gender and present as him all day and then her at night and stuff but it didn't work out for me in the end because that wasn't what i really needed um and accepting that is important yeah so to your point before what do you do in your life to find validation and that euphoria oh that's that's a good question. Um, it used to be that I 
needed a lot of social validation when I first started. That social transition was huge. Mm -hmm. um, but to my Instagram post point today, it's just the little things. Like knowing that my nose has amazingly thinned down around the outside edges uh -huh. and come on to a more thinner feminine appearance without surgery. Now, I realize not everybody can have this. This is one of those major your mileage may vary situations. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, oh, oh, I, I got lucky. I got to enjoy that. You know, I get to look myself in the face after having FFS. You know, even before, you know, a year, over a year on hormones, I was still struggling to see my, to look at myself in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so FFS was definitely a necessity for me. Um, and, and being able to know that I did something for me, I did something that was good for me and it was great being able to say, Hey, that's Jen in the mirror. That's not dead name. That's Jen. And just. That's that that's amazing and the next most amazing thing you know beyond looking at myself and knowing i got to be me mm -hmm. um is the clothes i i love dresses i'm not wearing one right now because i'm in my basement and it's cold and if i didn't have a heater behind me i would be like wrapped up in multiple layers of cardigans <laughs> but i get to i get to wear dresses and have you know i get to go spinny let's <laughs> go spinny <laughs> Nice. It's just, I love it. It's so nice. And, and having, and, and the social stuff is still amazing. I love the social transition and the social validation still, but I don't need it as much. Mm -hmm. um, it's still hard. I've done voice therapy and my voice still is in the androgynous end. Um, <clears throat> I can push and I can get myself higher. Um, but Yeah. You know, I'm I'm more comfortable with my voice where it's at. It's not great. It's not perfect, but it's a thousand times better. But when you still work on the phones and you get people randomly coming up with men's names for you because they don't quite click that you said, this is Jen. How can I help? Mm. They think you said Jim or John. Neither of which are my dead name, but that's what they think you said. Yeah. And all of a sudden I get called sir or on the phone and all kinds of stuff. And it's like, are you sure you're hearing what I'm saying? Do you um, hear the words that are coming case. out of my mouth? Yeah. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Great line. Good movie trilogy. Yes. Um, but I botched but it. No. All three of them. I enjoyed it. Uh, anyway. <laughs> yes, I do a pop culture podcast. you got to expect it. <laughs> um, but yeah, those little things that the joy of being. Being accepted and seen mm -hmm. is still there. It's just. Not as necessary. When I started, it was a necessity. Mm -hmm. It was a necessity. Um, I delayed coming out to my best friend. I really did. Um. Just to just to tell the story, um, I came out to him before I came out to my parents. Um, 
and his wife, you know, they're my, they're some of my best friends here. Um, I delayed because the soonest chance I had to tell him after I'd made the decision to transition, I hadn't even started hormones when I told him. Um, yeah, I, uh, I delayed because it was his birthday weekend. Like, no, no, we're here to do fun stuff for you. This is not my day. It's yours. You're going to, you know, you're the one who gets it. <laughs> so I waited uh, a few, a couple extra weeks and had a chance to tell him later. Hmm. That's very and, kind um, of you. That's his awesome. sweetie, his sweetie, um, she met me and, and talked to me like twice before she got, she, she knew my new Jen um, was, was who I was. She doesn't even remember what my dead name was. It's amazing. It's so fun to know people who've never known you as your dead name. And I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's such a great feeling. It just makes things so much easier. It's sort of like, you know, that the there's 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 two things that are great. One is joining a trans community and being surrounded by people that just get it. You don't have to describe it or anything. It's just they understand. And then the other is is once you get to a point and like all the people you meet, they know you just as that. And then yeah. it's sort of like that that slate is wiped clean and you're just like, I can just be me. This is wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Um I think it's 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 so weird all the little things that have happened since transition, like um I, I, it being part of this community on Instagram has connected me with people who I looked up to and admired, and now I play regular D and D sessions with them. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I used to read your articles on a regular basis, and you're part of the reason I came to accept myself as trans, and now you're my DM. <laughs> Totally, totally mind blowing the way connections work. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Well, it's just it's that kind of community. Like nobody has that of like that that inflated ego or importance. It's just like, yeah, yeah. Why would that be a thing? I'm just here and normal like you. Like whatever, you know. Uh, yeah, so that, that's um, the whole point is yeah. to enjoy enjoy the people you connect with. So on the other side of the coin of the last question, what are the things that you str still struggle with as far as dysphoria? I have voice dysphoria still a bit. Um, mm -hmm. Bad days, days I have a cold where yeah. I just get tired and my voice hits the bottom end of what is my range mm -hmm. now. Um, those are hard, you know. Those are hard days. Um, I have chest dysphoria. Um, it. I'm not. I, I. I'm not a very busty woman, mm -hmm. and I'm a larger body. Like I have a wide space, I have a wide frame. The way the way growth happened has been not has not been a lot, a little lopsided, and which is normal and it's you know not uncommon. But a lot of wide-chested trans women wind up with very wise, wide-set, odd-angled breasts, mm. um, and so I have I have issues around that. Um, but overall. I think the worst right now is bottom dysphoria. Okay. That's that's where I still struggle the most. So how do you feel that transition has affected your mental health? 
<clears throat> I am in one of the best places I've ever been. I am open and honest about my mental health. I have never been super open and honest about my mental health. My mental health is still a struggle, hmm. still an issue at times. Um, it's not something that we would expect, not something that we would, you know, say, oh, everything's better now. W when you get rid of dysphoria as the darkness that's coloring everything, you start to see everything else. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense to, to everyone. Um, yeah. So that, that shadow. So you have a giant ass, you know, storm cloud as, as I'm looking out my basement window and seeing storm clouds rolling. <laughs> um, you have a giant ass storm cloud over everything. You can't tell what's actually a dark spot mm -hmm. and what's a light spot until you have light to shine on everything. And getting rid of dysphoria, for me, was, was the big step in doing that. Um, being honest about the fact that I've had, I have anxiety. Being honest about the fact that I do suffer from depression. Um, these are huge. And they aren't things I would have even... I, I hate to say it, but I lied a lot on those forms that the doctors give you in the rooms, in, in the clinics. They give you a mental health checklist that you have to go through. Yeah. I outright lied on the forms. Not proud of it, but it's what I did because it was just everything I was doing was normal and, and now I feel now feel free to be honest about it. Oh, that's so wonderful. That's you know, that's all you can hope for. I, I love that kind of point that you're making essentially that, you know, transition doesn't solve all your problems. It it helps you shine light on them and figure them out and become more honest about yourself and with yourself. It does make everything easier. It just doesn't. It's just not some panacea that makes everything go away. So yeah. I, I, it's an important point, and I love that you brought that up. Now, what were some of the biggest hurdles that you've come across in your transition? You know, just things that you had to to learn, or um, just other other things that were kind of tough and might have tripped you up a little bit the hardest thing is to still dead name yourself <laughs> and i do it occasionally when i yell at myself in my head oh. as you know you, we all do that sometimes or it's like dang it do this or you, you, dang it jen you know better mm -hmm. and sometimes dead name comes up and that's never fun um that's probably Probably the worst thing to have learned <laughs> about transition is that you, you may still be dead naming yourself, you know, almost three years, four years on, you know, into into your transition. I'm, I'm nearly three years on hormones and yeah, I'm still doing it. <laughs> well, um, I, I've kind of found here and there that I, I will still somehow um, not I don't dead name anybody, but I, I will somehow misgender people sometimes and it's just like why did that come I out do that too occasionally do, i'm like i have never known you as anything but current name current gender ident this is who you are right i never knew you before and yet i still will do it to people and i'm like why the hell do i do that mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense and, and it's one of those that's one of the spots i struggle and 
I know I struggle, and I'm sorry if I ever do it to you, and I will apologize and correct myself. Um, there is a individual I know here in the cities um, where I live, and um, they are non-binary. Uh, current, currently, go current current identity is non-binary. Their their identity has shifted several times since I met them. Um, when I met them, they had yet to transition. Then they went to non-binary. Then they went to trans woman. Then they went back to non-binary. I went through somehow the three most common pronouns. So I got to the right one for them. And I was looking at them and I said, wrong pronoun, wrong pronoun, they. And they're just looking at me like, yeah, you got it. I'm like, I'm sorry. After I completed my sentence, did everything else. I just said, I'm sorry. I apparently I'm going through all your pronouns tonight. <laughs> it was just it was just one of those things. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, otherwise, for transition, it. makeup, mm -hmm. I, I still I don't I don't wear makeup. I am. Um, I tried. I can do eye makeup pretty decently. Um, just eyeshadow, eyeliner. I need to try to get a liquid tip because that pencils don't work in my hands. Mm. Um, everything else not so great on. Um, and clothing, women's clothing, is the most complicated thing. I know why. I have done the history research. Oh. Is the most complicated thing, and it's a bunch of old white men's fault. So there's a big shock. Before, before the 1980s, all clothing was standardized in the United States. All sizing was required to be the same across all brands, all companies, everything. In the 1980s, and I forget the exact year, Congress deregulated women's clothing. deregulated said well you can do whatever you want there's no requirements we don't we're, we're not gonna do size requirements and some companies have never changed their sizing which is why your hanes underwear is a size 7 but you wear a size 14 or 16 pant mm. or maybe you wear a size 10 or maybe you're smart like me and shop at Tord and wear a size 1 <laughs> yeah van van but that's when vanity sizing became a thing huh Vanity sizing became a thing, but there was also super, super sh narrowing of sizing, too. Like, all of a sudden, size double zero became a thing. Like, size two wasn't a thing. Like, all sizing started, like, size three or four. Mm -hmm. And that was, that, that was what the most petite size double zeros that you can find now would have worn back, you know, hmm. back in the 60s. I'm like, why? <sighs> so, yeah, vanity sizing became a thing, and then oversizing became a thing, and it was, yeah. Hmm. It's, it's a horrible history lesson that Congress doesn't like doing things nicely for women. <laughs> you heard it here for, first, folks. <laughs> Big reveal. <laughs> so... Um, as we come to the end of this, uh, the main question portion here, we got two fun ones to end with. I think that I think they're both fun. This one definitely is. What's your favorite thing that you've learned on your journey? Favorite thing I've learned on my journey is boundaries. Hmm. Just 
boundaries. I I didn't have that concept. I didn't understand what that was, how those worked. Boundaries. Best thing I have ever learned since as part of it. It was part of transitions how I learned these. And, and I'm trying to make sure my kids learn them without, you know, having to go through all the stuff I did. But boundaries. So important. Hmm. Boundaries. Nice. And then for the final question, as we wrap up this portion, what is some what is the key advice that you have for trans or non-binary people who are either in the closet or, um, you know, just kind of haven't come out yet, basically? Yeah, I, I actually have this. Mm -hmm. um, I, I wrote this down, actually, after um, uh, a disc after a live chat. Um, so Mix Noah J. Um, a good friend of mine um, on Instagram, um, Noah, they were doing chats and discussions and someone in the chat, well, on, on an Instagram live, asked a question about transition and, and not being able to. Um, and I, I said to them, knowing who you are, you are strong. Way to go for knowing who you are. You probably have a rough spot. You know, a rough, tough spot. Uh, so, you know, something along those lines. And it was, love who you are and don't hide it. Own who you are, even if you have to do it to just yourself or just your friends. Keep yourself safe, but own who you are. So, Beautiful even if you're in the closet, own it. Own who you are to yourself. Keep yourself safe, but own who you are. That is my that is the most important advice I could have ever received at as a teenager, as I could have received as a 20-year-old, that I could have received when I started. Mm -hmm. Is own who you are. That's such a wonderful sentiment. Yeah. Um and I hadn't that's something that I hadn't even kind of thought about and we that we haven't really come across here is just that you you your transition doesn't have to be some big grand thing. You don't have to unveil or anything. Yeah. Just as long as you accept who you are and you know that on the inside and you're okay with that, then the other stuff is, you know, you can come out when you're ready or you never mm -hmm. have to if you feel like people will treat you poorly or whatever. Yeah. That's a wonderful, wonderful piece of advice. Yep. I, I know trans women um, and non-binary individuals who are still in the closet. Mm -hmm. They aren't coming out um, or they've only come out a little bit and are just still not doing anything with their transitions. Um, and that's what I tell them. You're great. You're perfect. You're fine as you are. Just own who you are to yourself. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Transgender Show from The Transverse Network. Watch this show live Tuesday nights at twitch.tv slash the transverse. You can also find it and our other great shows at youtube.com slash the transverse. Be sure to follow our guest, Jen, on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Jen underscore Giggles. If you love what we're doing and want to support the Transverse and get access to exclusive content, you can do so by visiting patreon.com slash the Transverse.